G'day mate, 40 here, so I'm listening on Audible to Marty Barron's book on his tenure as the editor of the Washington Post and his clashes with the Trump administration and he talked about how important it was that uh, Jeff Bezos said to Jamal Khashoggi's widow that uh, we're all with you and you're not alone and, and it signaled that when uh, Jeff Bezos bought Washington Post, he was going to maintain its inviolable commitment to free speech. So, newspapers have not had an inviolable commitment to free speech. All right. They did pretty much everything they could do to restrict the speech of competing forms of news media, such as radio and then later TV. Like they wanted to restrict the ability of uh, radio and TV to present news. And of course, uh, this inviolable commitment to free speech it does not extend to all sorts of awkward areas of life, such as uh, group differences. And, and uh, they would trend, tread very tenderly and reluctantly on, say, uh, uh, religious differences in committing terrorism, particularly, say, hijackings. That's pretty significant difference. I'm only aware of one religion that uh, hijacks airplanes. And uh, and throughout the book, uh, Marty Barron castigates Donald Trump for inciting violence against journalists and then tries to tie it into the Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey cutting up Jamal Khashoggi. So I've heard a lot of beautiful words about Jamal Khashoggi, but I've never heard anything that indicates why I should care. Like, what did Jamal Khashoggi ever do for anything that I care about? He may have indeed done great things, he may be a great guy, I'm just... It's never been presented to me why I should care. It's like, it's the same sort of thing. You would get told we need to bring in people from this depressing, sad place in the world but there's it's never presented why that's good for me like why that's good for my nation why that's good for my people why that's good for my country why is that good for my state what's what's in it for me and mine right instead just presented in liberal terms like people have certain inalienable rights they're primarily individuals you can't draw any wider conclusion just because they're from Haiti or Nigeria or Kenya or uh, Ceylon, uh, I forgot the politically, Myanmar, Myanmar. Uh, you can't, can't draw any, any conclusions about individuals and uh, say, say group differences in earning potential, education potential, law-abidingness. Right. So the Washington Post and the mainstream media's commitments to inviolable free speech does not cover you know, noticing things as obvious as uh, the hand in front of my face right now. I mean, I, I remember so much outrage over Jamal Khashoggi that no one ever bothered to make the case why an ordinary American would care. Like, what exactly had uh, Jamal Khashoggi not done for ordinary Americans? Like, how were they better off 
for his living among us. He's not a, an American citizen, and I'm just completely unaware of, of any of his contributions that would be important. It's like uh, when the first Latino editor of the Los Angeles Times died, all these widespread celebrations. Frank DeLomo, I think that was his name, all these widespread celebrations of Frank DeLomo, and he sounded like he was a nice guy, but none of the celebrations contained anything about any concrete journalistic accomplishments that, that he'd made. Like, he didn't contribute anything significant as far as all the memorials and testimonials about him. Right? No one could point to, like, valuable investigative work that he'd done or nothing about anything special that he'd actually produced. It's just that he was Latino who got got the title of as an editor at the Los Angeles Times and then there was just widespread celebration. So Marty Barron throughout his books castigates Donald Trump and his administration saying mean things about journalists and instigating violence against journalists. Well, Marty Barron, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the mainstream media instigated massive violence by egging on the Black Lives Matter movement, like egging on the bogus theory that uh, policing in the United States is systemically racist and essentially that the biggest problems that the black community in America have are because of white racism. And in reality, the biggest problems that the black community in America have are within the black community in, in America. And when they do stories about discrimination against various groups, they rarely, if ever, take into account what's the behavior of those groups and why would outsiders rationally take a skeptical or fearful approach with regard to those groups, right? That sort of inviolable uh, free speech just doesn't show up in the mainstream media. So by egging on Black Lives Matter, Right. Marty Barron, the Washington Post, New York Times and company, right, they egged on thousands of additional murders when the mainstream media started beating up on cops. Right, they incentivized cops to stop doing their job. Cops re largely retreated to the donut shop after George Floyd's death. So we had an explosion not just in murder, but in all sorts of crime. And because there were fewer traffic stops, because traffic stops did not uh, break down exactly along uh, group group lines. Uh, we had an explosion in traffic fatalities and pedestrian deaths. All right, so we had this massive increase in death that was incentivized, driven, promoted by folks like Marty Barron, The Washington Post, New York Times, mainstream media, and our elites who whipped up the rage against white Christian America. And they're doing this on a regular basis, whipping up rage against white Christian America and making all sorts of bogus allegations about how the police are just systemically racist and the biggest problems within the, the black community are you know, evil white racists. So that instigation of violence, Marty Barron has no problem with. And he, he is proud of his role. He's such a shallow thinker. So I'm sure he has very solid journalistic credentials in many ways. Like he has overseen a lot of excellent journalism, but very shallow as a thinker. He just 
if he takes it for granted that the narrow partisan liberal left worldview of his journalistic colleagues is objective truth, objective moral truth, objective social, cultural, political, and journalistic truth. And so he's, he and his colleagues were completely amazed when Donald Trump won the 2016 election because there, there are no Trump supporters in their midst, right? They, they're a highly insular, partisan group, highly susceptible to groupthink, and uh, they just don't see themselves. So I don't like Trump's reckless tweets, and I don't like him raging on about how the news media are the enemy of the people. But if you have a particular hero system, let's say you've got a traditional Christian hero system, traditional Jewish hero system, or just a traditional hero system, then the liberal left hero system promoted by the mainstream media is your enemy. Why would you not be outraged by someone promoting a contrary hero system that damages your own, that demeans your own, that portrays your own as knuckle-dragging, primitive, you know, vicious, nasty, bigoted, racist, sexist, Islamophobic, homophobic, and the like. Why would you not consider people who are promoting a hero system that undercuts your own hero system as the enemy? Right. I primarily care in the Middle East conflict about the safety and the well-being of the state of Israel. So for me, competing hero systems that valorize the suffering of the Palestinian people right, undercut my narrative. But I recognize I have a particular partisan hero system and that there are other peoples with contrary hero systems and they're in service of theirs as I'm in service of mine. I don't mistake my particular hero system for objective reality.